The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how to produce messaging that resonates with your prospects and customers. Joining us is Josh Wetzel, who is the CRO of OneSignal, which is the most widely used push notification delivery and marketing platform for mobile applications and websites. And today, Josh and I are going to discuss creating timely and relevant messages. Okay, here's my conversation with Josh Wetzel, CRO of OneSignal. Josh, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben, for having me. I'm excited to be here. One of the beauties of getting to host this podcast is I get to reconnect with the ghosts from my past. We overlapped for a heartbeat. You were at Shopping.com, which was acquired by eBay when I worked at eBay. Hey, back to the eBay Alumni Foundation of the podcast. Great to have you on the show. Good to reconnect. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, Ben. It's great to see you again. So you've gone a long ways from working in product comparison. Now you're working for the most widely used push notification delivery company. Tell me a little bit about OneSignal. What is the company and why did you decide to work for a push notification company? So I love these customer journey innovations. And a couple of years back, prior to even joining OneSignal, I had this aha moment with notifications and the power they had with the engagement with an app. They really were part of the experience. And so I got excited about it, started researching the space and looked at some of the companies there, had conversations. I just felt like it's going to be a big category, a crucial part of company strategy. So found OneSignal. OneSignal, real quick, they were actually originally a mobile game studio and had some success with early games. They went through the quandary that a lot of companies go through with notifications, whether they build or buy them. They looked at buying. This was back in 2012, 2013 and found the services were really expensive and weren't that fast, which in games was really crucial. So they built them themselves and then realized that, hey, maybe other people had the same issue and problem and opportunity. And so they opened it up to some friends and family. And before they uh, long, they were actually a games-focused customer engagement software tool called Game Thrive. And then before long, they were giving away the product for free as a kind of freemium strategy and it just took off. So here we are now. It's like the Twitter development strategy where, you know, Twitter came out of essentially what was a podcast company and they had this 
short form way of communicating meant to be to enable SMS. And the next thing you know, the president of the United States is on there every day. Exactly. That said, Josh, let's talk a little bit about push notifications. First off, let's talk about the content. I think that there's some debate to be had about whether push notifications are something that are or should be owned by the marketing team. But let's just make that as the assumption that marketers get to send their push notifications when and how they want. How do you think about creating the right message and getting it out at the right time? So that's critical. It's all about the right message, right time. Context is king. So let me say one thing up front. I think push notifications kind of, there's web-based notifications and they're used very differently than mobile-based notifications. I think when most people think about it, they think mobile first. And I think you use them for different reasons. Um, One's very desktop oriented. One's much more about re-engaging, extending content reach, things of that nature, where the mobile ones are a lot more dynamic. It's not to say web isn't valuable, but the mobile ones are things where you could use them if you're a retail store with physical locations to drive foot traffic in. Or yes, we all know and probably have engaged with some car sharing application, whether it's a Lyft or an Uber or some other application where it is telling you, hey, your driver's on its way, your driver's there, they're about to leave, join our VIP program. So all these different forms. To answer your specific question around a timing, I think it is about what's trying to be accomplished with the message. For media companies or entertainment companies like sports leagues, they're trying to drive engagement. So the right message is knowing that you, Ben, may be a fan of the San Francisco Giants and you want to know today's starting pitcher. You're going to want to know if there's a lineup change. You're going to want to know the scores. But they also need to know more and more about you about whether that's what you want, that level of engagement, or you just want the summary. And so it's all about, just as we think about any channel, what do you know about your user? And then really tailoring that message to them. So it is a combination of right time, right place, and being context. So a couple of reactions to that. First off, I am a San Francisco Giants fan, and the starting pitcher was Tyler Anderson today. Nice. Second, because I know that's what everybody was worried about. (laughs) And you have to be a real Giants fan to know that Tyler Anderson is actually a starting pitcher, because I don't know where the heck they got that guy. But one of the things that you said at the beginning of your last answer to my question was context is king, not content is king. And I think that's a really interesting way to think about mobile notifications is that you have all of the additional context of location and timing and proximity. Talk to me about some of the best practices for using some of the different signals you have in mobile and how that differentiates from desktop notifications. Yeah, I think you hit it right there. Location, if location is important to your application, so think a local business app, maybe a Yelp, or some physical businesses we're talking about, whether it be sports or ride sharing or food delivery, knowing where you are, knowing those behaviors. So the context of the user is crucial to driving higher engagement. So the obvious best practices are things like keep it short. These are limited notifications do not allow for long form. So they're really extensions of some other piece of content you've created or extension of your product or service. So keep it short. Imagery is key. So using rich imagery. The thing that I never expected, especially given my current stage of my career and life, was how important emojis are. I think that's an extension of the visual But emojis are really powerful. People engage with them. We actually see it across all ranges of ages. It's not just millennials or Gen Zs. It's the Gen Xs, the baby boomers. So it's important to keep it simple, be to the point, 
keep it visual. So with emojis, with image, there's even ability in mobile to do, in some of the platforms to do video. So you can actually launch video. CNN's an example. They sometimes will launch videos within a notification to draw you in. But I think the mobile thing is you have a much richer palette because iOS and the newer Android devices give you a lot more power than a web push would. And then you really need to be using imagery in the form of emojis and images. There's nothing that cracks me up more than when my mid-70-year-old dad sends me back, whether they're chocolate pudding or poop emojis. I don't know (laughs) what to call them. But yes, emojis are popular for all age brackets. Thanks, dad. So the thing that drives me nuts, and I feel like marketers have to be very careful, is there is a sense of utility that comes out of good notifications. You mentioned if you're in a Lyft or an Uber, you get a notification that says whether your driver's on the way or how far away they are. A lot of value there, a lot of utility. Prepping you to be able to get into the car, or at least the right car, and get on with your day. I'll use the ride-sharing apps. I'll use Uber as an example, and this isn't necessarily a notification that I've noticed that they've sent, but... There are times when the marketers get in the way of good notifications. I want to have my notifications on for Uber because I want to know when my driver is there, but I don't want the notifications that are sitting there saying I can get $3 off for Uber Eats today. How do you figure out what the right message is and where to draw the line from utility to business performance to just a bad customer experience? Well, that's an age-old question. And if I had the answer to that, who knows what I'd be doing. But sending a lot of more push notifications is my guess. I mean, said, yeah. Or less, I think to, you hit on the head, which is I think you need to react by consumer. Some people, there's diehards out there who want more messages from Uber because they just are loyalists. They love the service. It may, maybe it's only 2 or 3%, but they represent a significant portion of the viral evangelist sort of cohort of users that's really critical for them to grow. And so for them, more notifications actually increases engagement, increases their spend, and they need to figure that out. And that's one of the things I love about notifications in general. It is the category that your most loyal users are going to gravitate towards and they're going to want more. The vast majority of your users, though, and particularly in the case of Uber, they need to accept notifications. But to your point, they don't want the Uber Eats deals. They may not even want the promotions for the Uber VIP service or the Lyft VIP service or the Postmates all-you-can-be-delivered you know, monthly service. They just want the basics. Like, I just ordered from X store and it's being picked up and X store is about to deliver and it's outside your door or the driver's here, things of that nature. And so it is about trial and error. And I think marketing's always been about, especially everyone talks about data driven, but the reality is you need to A-B test these things. Like you need to test by user, by kind of different cohorts of users that you know, like these users are super loyal, spend a lot, engage with us. They click on or engage with every message we ever send them versus the, these users use us, but they never engage with any of our materials. Maybe we send them less. And I think you've got to segment that way and get smarter and smarter. Going back to context is king. My thought is, and I'll use Grubhub as an example. I go to order lunch. I want to know when my lunch has been delivered. But then at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll get a message that says, do you want $3 after a burrito? Well, first off, I don't eat lunch at three o'clock in the afternoon. And second off, you already should know that I had lunch today because I've already placed my order. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. 
And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. When you're thinking about setting up the boundaries for the time and how much to message a user, how much should be the marketer's responsibility and how much should you be enabling the consumer to modify their notification preferences? It seems like there's two ways to handle managing the volume of notifications you could be sending. So number one, I think I don't believe that if the more you enable consumers, I think for certain small percentage of consumers, they want that and they would take advantage of it. For most of them, it's too confusing. It's the Facebook problem. It is the Facebook problem, yeah. It's the Facebook, you can control your privacy in any of a million different ways, but there are so many privacy controls that nobody understands what they are. It's confusing. And I actually encourage anyone listening to this pod who's never gone in there, go check out your Facebook privacy settings. It's, it's wild. It's wild, yeah. To answer your question, I think there's on the marketing side, with so much talk about building these user journeys and across all your messaging channels. I find for the different reason, the opposite reason, the consumer side, it gets so confusing. And partly that issue that you called out maybe with Grubhub as an example service, because these journeys are happening, they map out, well, after three hours, send them an offer for lunch tomorrow, but is that the right time to send it? And I think people need to get much more pragmatic about saying, this is a loyal user. They actually completed a transaction around a mealtime, this thing. If we want to re-engage them or reward them for being a loyal customer, reward them later for a future event, but at a time that's consistent with their typical behavior of usage. Does that make sense? So that's where the context is strong. So there's also the notion of disruption, where I think of push notifications as being a disruptive vehicle. And sometimes, hey, this is important. I need your attention. And to me, there's the balance of passive versus active communication. Email should be passive. Most people live in front of their inboxes, but it's meant to be a passive form of communication. If there's a $3 off a burrito deal, I don't need to know about it, put it in my inbox so I can figure out if I want it when I want it. I don't need that to be taking me away from work in the middle of the day. And that's how notifications end up getting turned off when they're not relevant. Most of the time for me, it's the three o'clock in the afternoon burrito. It's always a mistake. Talk to me about how you think about the usage of the active communication. 
what should be an active notification and what can be pushed off to be a passive notification like email or delivery through another channel. You just nailed it. I think promotion that is like 20% off in the future is usually typically going to be good for passive. We do see those things perform extremely well in notification in a location context. So I'm walking past a juice store, hit them up with an offer to drive them in, coffee shop, retail, things of that nature. But those are pretty unique cases. And we do have quite a bit of data. So we have about a million companies that use us for push, but we have over 6,000 companies that use us for email as well. So we see kind of that cross-pollination. So I think promotions are very good. I think summaries, like email's always been really good for here's the week in the content for the New York Times or in CNN or whatever it may be, or here's the week in the San Francisco Giants and here's the sort of links to the long form articles. You don't want to be pushing all of those things at a regular basis, those micro components, unless it's to somebody who's a diehard fan, like maybe yourself, like you want all those notifications because they're relevant, you're excited about it. And that context for you is important. That's an important diversion in your life. And you're a big fan, right? I actually do opt into notifications for every time the Giants score. No, that's great. I have not got enough notifications this year in that scenario. Yeah, it's funny. We could spend an hour talking about that. I feel like they have been scoring better than in previous years, but that's another topic for another time. But Using the Giants as an example, though, like when they score, that's contextually relevant to your life and you want that. And I don't want that sent in an email because I'm going to see that six hours later. I already know the score. So I don't want that micro update. That micro update, perfect for a notification. Same thing with the delivery driver coming to your house. Same thing with that social update that may be important to you. Things of that nature, I think, are really important to be sent in that timely manner through notifications. So I guess the last question I have for you today is you're thinking about the right messaging and the right time to send a notification to a consumer. You mentioned you have to test. Obviously, it's going to be different and every brand has to figure out the right format and cadence for their messages. Talk to me about some of the testing methodologies, tools, and services that you recommend to help brands figure out the balance for themselves. At a high level, I think it's important whatever campaign at like the broad macro stroke or specific campaign in a channel, they should look at different types of imagery for those campaigns, different titles, and think about how do they perform? And it depends on what's important to you. Like one of the things as a marketer that always bugged me was this myopic focus on click-through rate. What's the click-through rate? What's the click-through rate? Well, I don't really care as much about the click-through rate as I care about the action, the ultimate action I'm trying to drive. And so one, one piece of messaging might drive really high click-through rate, but another piece of messaging may drive low click-through rate, but really high conversion on the back end, given what you're trying to accomplish. So it's important to be thoughtful about what are you trying to accomplish with the message? What's your macro goal? What's your micro goal? And then I think A-B testing at that level on everything you do is important, but be thoughtful about what your goal is. Again, I can't stress this enough. The click-through rate, maybe for something that's important, but for the vast majority of things, you're looking for some kind of action. The metaphor that comes to my mind is if you come at the king, you better not miss. If you're going to send a push notification, it better be something that's valuable or you're going to have your customers be annoyed and opt out from receiving future notifications. And so 
making sure that you're, you know, if nothing else, thinking about the context that the user is consuming the message, making sure that it's relevant, making sure that there's a reason that you send the message through that vehicle, because it can be disruptive and you do run the risk of irritating your customers when you're sending push notifications. On the flip side, the delivery is unparalleled. The ability to get in front of the consumer with the message at the right place and right time is something that you can't find through other channels. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Josh Wetzel, CRO of OneSignal, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Josh and I are going to discuss driving engagement through personalization. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Josh, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is jwetzel, J-W-E-T-Z-E-L. Or you could visit his company's website, which is onesignal.com, O-N-E-S-I-G-N-A-L.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests, or you can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day this year. So click that subscribe button in your podcast app and check back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.